As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, ready? Yeah. Are you going to start or am I going to start? Somebody just needs to say a word first. Should I just say hey, Maggie? <laughs> I think we're <laughs> overthinking it. I think we have officially overthought the intro. You know what I miss? Playing drums. You have drums in the basement. I know. That's the thing is I just don't go down to the basement. That sounds like a thing you could easily fix. <laughs> I think I will. I think I'm going to fix that later today. Yeah? You know how you get, you know how you fix that, Maggie? How? One step at a time. Wow. <laughs> to the basement. Wow. Yes, that was that was good. And then I'm going to play drums. And then when you get home, we're going to play some drums together in a couple weeks. Uh, I don't know about that. You, you and Eddie can you, you didn't you used to be a percussionist? Oh school? my gosh. Yeah, I was literally in percussion. But that was just because I don't I don't really know why that was. Our classes were really chill. We kind of mm -hmm. just got to do and nothing small. all class. Everybody yeah. had to do something. You were good at it though. I recall I? that you were excelling at percussion. Here's the thing. I loved the idea of being like a baddie like drummer girl. Like I thought that was so cool. Drumming's really hard. Like in It is and until it isn't. When it clicks in, when your body kind of picks it up, it gets to be really Yeah, yeah, fun. yeah. But the whole, like, um, being able to, like, do different rhythms at the same time and, like, all these things. I mean, like, I guess that's just a musical thing in general. But I struggled with it. I was – I, I kind of get a little frustrated when I don't pick things up immediately. <laughs> but you know what? It's similar to dance. It's like when you teach me a dance, it's, it's me trying to compartmentalize my body to do certain things with my arms, different things with my legs – Yeah. All of it within a, t a time signature. It's really kind of the same thing. You okay, know, well, you can, yeah, we'll work it out. Maybe I'll try again this winter break. Maybe I'll try and learn drums again. Plus, you're a musician. You know, you sing, you play instruments, so you'll pick that up too. In fact, speaking of playing instruments, maybe we should, you know, play the intro music. I think so. Let's do it. <laughs> Max and Dad's. Wholesome chaos, nice and wholesome chaos. It felt weird to say play the intro music instead of roll the intro music. Oh, But yeah, it's okay. I guess so. It I, I was trying to go off the segue because you were like trying to set me up for I it. Pick so I pick up just, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You trying know, to roll with it. So the apple doesn't fire too, doesn't <laughs> fall too far from the segue tree, I guess. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So we are in November. We're yes. like 
not quite mid-November, but definitely in November. And therefore, next holiday is Thanksgiving. That's right. Thanksgiving? Do you like Thanksgiving? You know, tomorrow, tomorrow is Eddie's birthday, too. Yes, so got that yes first. this is true. Uh, tomorrow, the day after this podcast actually launches, is Eddie's birthday. It's exciting. And I love Thanksgiving. What are, you, are you kidding me? What's not to like about Thanksgiving? It's awesome. No, Thanksgiving is awesome. But I feel like the thing is it's kind of Halloween straight to Christmas. Like the day after Halloween, so much of my For You page was like all Christmas things. It was like, it's Christmas time now. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. I love Christmas, but I feel like Thanksgiving gets overlooked. You know what I mean? Yeah, possibly. Well, it's not a thing for a, good, a large part of the world. It's really an American holiday, and it's a Canadian holiday too. I was going to say, Canada has its own Thanksgiving, but it's at a different time. There's this first. Yes, exactly. Uh, do you remember when we went to Germany over Thanksgiving? That was so fun. I do. But then, but then Germans don't celebrate Thanksgiving, so we just kind of had to do it on our own. We did it with other American friends we had there, so that was cool. Yes, yeah, yes, we did. I think it's, what do you love about Thanksgiving, Maggie? What are your, what are your favorite parts? Uh, I think picking the turkey out of the gravy um, <laughs> because <laughs> mashed potatoes and gravy are my favorite thing, but Grandma always puts turkey in it, and so I have to pick it out. <laughs> or picking the bacon out of the uh, Brussels sprouts. Um, that's another solid contender. <laughs> I, I don't want to screw up your life and, like, burst your bubble here, but you realize picking the turkey out of the turkey gravy does not make it vegetarian gravy. Didn't I, Did I bring my own gravy last year? Did I do that? You might have. I might have. I might do that again this year. I, right. I feel I'll, like I'll help you. it'd be very easy to just like make a little bit of the gravy without the meat in it. You know what I mean? Like but I feel it's kind of like, what the gravy is. Yeah, but it doesn't the have to be. drippings from the meat. It, it, yeah, but that's grody. <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to eat that. And yet delicious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I love Thanksgiving. It's super, super fun. Um and then I feel like afterwards, I, I like to prolong um, the amount of time until we officially go like all in Christmas because I think it makes that time more special. Like the day after Thanksgiving is when we decorate for Christmas. And then it's like, okay, it's real now. Like we are all in full Christmas mode. Um, but I, I, have been, I have been singing a few little Christmas tunes by myself over here. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm very, very excited. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I never understood the day after Halloween, the day after um, Thanksgiving going shopping, the whole like Black Friday shopping thing. Let me put mm. myself in the mix to save a few dollars and buy some things. It's scary. It's, yeah, that to me that doesn't sound like any fun. I don't, maybe I get claustrophobic in crowds of people sometimes, but. Especially I just don't now. Like it. Yeah, I yeah. don't like being surrounded by a bunch of people now. It's weird. Do you, do you think it'll be the same this year? I do. It'll, I think it'll be pretty big. What was it like last year? I really don't remember. Did people go? Yeah, I don't know. Because that I had didn't. to have been like peak COVID. Or, yeah, right? Everybody's shopping online this year. Yeah. Are, do you have a Christmas list started yet? Anything we could be thinking about for you? Yes. Um, okay, I, I don't know if this is too expensive, <laughs> but a Tesla. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. We're waiting for that Tesla oh mentioned on this episode. No, I, nope. I think I really want to invest in like a juicer. 
So whether that's a mm. Christmas gift I get for myself or like maybe like something you and mom get me. I could totally get behind getting you a juicer. Right? Like that's something yeah. I'd get so excited for because you know where I'm living right now, there's apple trees. Like Indeed. I and I would go and probably like buy some carrots and stuff and carrot apple juice is so nostalgic to me because <laughs> of we had it so much growing up. Like my dad would uh, juice carrots and apples all the time before we got into like green smoothies like growing up it was carrot juice and so it's so nostalgic to me and just makes me feel good inside and so I would love to have a juicer yeah I, I did juice I was a big juicer for a lot of years um, carrots apples celery ginger you don't like it when I add the celery and the ginger but the carrot apple is good celery um, you can hide easier than ginger yeah that's for sure <laughs> That's for sure. But carrot, apple, celery is super good for you. We'll make it's some so when you yummy. get home. Yes, please. Please. Jay oh Cordage was the juice man. He was the one who, I, I saw one of his infomercials or somebody told me about his work and I bought the, the thing. And I got into like listening to all, all his cassettes too. Mm -hmm. And I became like this juicing fanatic for a lot of years. <laughs> it was really cool. Yep. I, yeah. uh, I, the first day I invited my friend Philip over, Uncle Philip, Uncle P., and, and we were going to do some juicing, and we just decided to try all these juices and even make some drinks with them and stuff. And after the first two drinks, we were so full that we were like, well, we just can't keep going. We're yeah. Like, we need to yeah, wait now. Stop now. But um, hey, speaking of taking a little pause here, it is time to talk about the sponsor of this episode, which I'm so pleased to tell you is BetterHelp. Whoop, whoop. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with them in under 48 hours, and it's not a crisis line or self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's such a broad range of expertise available, which may not be available near you locally, and the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account at any time and send a quick message to your therapist, and you will get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an un uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. And you may be concerned about, like, will you be a good match with your therapist? Well, don't worry about that. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they make it easy and free to change therapists if it's needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today, so visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wholesome, that's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And there's a special offer for Mags and Dad's Wholesome Chaos listeners that you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Wholesome. Yeah, Thank one you. of the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Um, one of the things I remember vividly about when I was in like traditional therapy in high school was the waiting room and just what an odd environment it is to be in to kind of just be sitting there with a bunch of people. Everyone's avoiding eye contact. There's oh a few couples like bickering. That is awkward. I never thought about that. No, it's it's a it's a um, fun atmosphere <laughs> for sure. A lot, a lot of hoodies, a lot of sunglasses, like uh, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. look at me kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Better helps a way better way to go. 
and we appreciate them being a sponsor of the show. So it's been a great day here, Maggie. We had a really exciting event in the studio that we've been preparing for for a long time, and mm -hmm. it went really well, like super Good. great. Um, so yeah, so Stephanie and Mom and I were the ones, obviously, in that event, all three of us, and it just felt felt really good. And I've been on the road a lot at other speeches and events in front of live audiences. And kind of, so now we're kind of, you know, kind of doing a mix of that here. Um, and it's really fun. Like all these other speeches were in front of audiences again. It's their first conference in a long time. Like for most of them, they didn't meet at all last year. And mm -hmm. so I feel like I'm being a part of all these reunions with people coming together and seeing each other for the first time in a long time. And the atmospheres of these live events are just super fun. And I feel like I'm doing better speeches than ever. And I don't know, it's just really different and rewarding I bet. in a new way. That's so exciting. You love your yeah. job. I, I am very blessed. My job's hard. It demands a lot of you. But um, I can't imagine a more fun and fulfilling job. Yeah. I mean, I do what I love. I get to meet great people, get to travel to interesting places. Um, and it's always a party and they clap for you and, you know, they tell you you're amazing and then you leave. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty fun. And now they tell Classic. me, hey, I recognize you from TikTok and oh my, my daughter gosh. follows your daughter and you. And so that happens on, at my so speeches funny. now. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of parties... Um, I was at an event a little while ago, um, actually not too long ago, and I wanted to tell you about this, and I don't know if this will be as cool to you as it is to me, because I don't know if you know this person, but to our listeners, um, who are roughly in my age demographic, I'm sure this will be very cool to them, but I was at this event, um, it was really, really fun, um, it was kind of like a, a like, it was kind of like a Halloween-ish thing. Um, so everyone was in costumes. It was Spotify's like Halloween party is what it was. Um, and everyone had to be vaccinated and everyone was like COVID tested at the door, which was really cool because I wasn't like nervous inside. Like I told, I think I said earlier on this podcast, like I don't like really being around a ton of people now because it kind of like freaks me out with like COVID and just sicknesses in general. Like I feel like that's most people like during this pandemic and after this pandemic, it's like, we just think about things a little differently now, but 100% knowing nobody around you has COVID is a really cool thing. Um, but we were kind of partying, like dancing to this music and stuff. And suddenly, do you know who Lizzo is? Yes, because you you saw Lizzo in Atlanta at Music Midtown. Yes. You and Aiden and When I was 16 years old, exactly. I saw Lizzo in Atlanta. Or I guess I was 17. Um, and so apparently... Lizzo had been out that night and she was driving by Saddle, which was where the party was, and she heard them playing her song. No And way. she was like, she said, pull over. Because I talked to some of the people who were running the event after, and this is literally how it happened, is she pulled over and she like got out and she said, you know, to the people at the door, was like, are you guys playing my music? And they were like, um, yes. Is that okay? <laughs> and she, she was like, let me come in. And so she came in, went to the stage, which it was, it wasn't like a big stage. Like we were all just kind of there. And she's, she like told the DJ, she was like, play my music. And she grabbed a mic and she started performing live. 
And it was insane. She was also dressed as Yoda, which was so funny. Um, (laughs) But literally, that was crazy. I was just standing there like, no way. Because the funny thing, too, was... Actually, she wasn't even on stage. She was, like, standing in front of where the DJ was. Like, she was just on the ground. And so a lot of us couldn't see her at first. We just heard this person singing over top Lizzo's song. And I was with Ty... And Ty and I looked at each other and we were like, no, like that's not, that couldn't be. But also Lizzo's so distinct and I had heard her live before. And so I was like, I don't know, this really do be sounding like Lizzo. And so we got closer and sure enough, it was her. What did she do when she was done? Did she just take off or stick her up for a while? She like threw the mic behind her (laughs) and then she left. Yeah, (laughs) it was crazy. So crazy. That is wild. Yeah. I don't really know Lizzo or her music, but I uh, that knowing that story makes me like think good things about her. Yeah, I've played you some of her music before. I think you thought Jerome was really funny. The song, um, I'll play it for you again. I'll play it for you again sometime. I it. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was. That, it was that reminds me a little bit of a story when Prince was in Atlanta. I didn't get to see this show, but he was at one of the hotels in town. And we had a freak snowstorm in the middle of the winter. And mm-hmm. so people couldn't get out and about. They were kind of like confined at the hotel for a while because the road was closed because that happens in Atlanta when it snows. And Prince just went down to the lobby. And he used to do this a lot, just like do a spontaneous concert in a small club. Or in this case, he just went to the piano in the lobby of the Grand Hyatt or something like that and just played um, wow. for a long time. Yeah, it makes me wish I was there. That's so cool. But you were there. You got to see Lizzo. I was. And you talked to her afterward and no, she signed, I, you know, nothing like Oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. We're besties she, now. She took uh, you for a ride. You, you switched numbers. I asked you, her about Chris Evans. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you get that. That's a, that's a whole TikTok no. thing. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but yeah, the cr- absolutely crazy wild. Um, do you want to do a few listener questions? Okay, this is from Julia. And she says, hi, I'm Julia. And I know this is none, none of my business, but you said you were sober to me. Did you have a drinking problem? Um, so thank you, Julia. And I appreciate you picking up on that. I did mention a couple of podcasts ago that like, like the uh, confrontation that I had with my best friend was an impetus for me to stop drinking or one of them. And it, it is true. And yes, in fact, tomorrow, Eddie's birthday, November 11th, is not only his birthday, but also the anniversary of my sobriety date, and it's 18 years tomorrow. So it's actually pretty um, pretty fun, pretty cool. Wow, and, that's and it's, 18 years. I know, like almost your whole life. Yeah. That's, what's, that's what's really interesting for both you and Eddie. It's like you never really had memories of me when I was drinking, but um, I did have a problem. I mean, you could, I could say, no, I didn't have a problem with it. I was great at it. You know, I I drank often, regularly. Um, And it wasn't that I drank myself into oblivion or that I was drunk driving or that it destroyed my life in a lot of ways, but I definitely did have issues. And with, for me, like if if alcohol was a part of the equation for me, it was always very front and center in my thinking and kind of like the main thing for me, you know, in terms of social gatherings. I was always keeping track of what everybody was, the the alcohol consumption. Maybe it was an extension from like my college experience. Also, alcoholism runs in the family um, a little bit. And so I was just always aware that, that this is something I should pay attention to. And it seemed to like be 
incongruent, very incongruent with my life and the journey that I wanted to be on, um, being in front of audiences and being a better speaker and a businessman. And, you know, people talk about sobriety and a lot of times like you, I hit a bottom and I knew nothing in my life. I finally hit the bottom in my life and I had to get better because everything was destroyed and crumbling. And fortunately, I looked at it very differently. I, I said in my own mind, uh, and with your mom, because we kind of made the decision around the same time to support each other. It's like, no, we've hit a ceiling. Like nothing's going to get appreciably great in our lives unless we remove this from the from the equation and just take it out completely. And yeah. so, you know, I'm not going to be a better speaker or father or husband or run a better business until I just get this out of the way. And and then I started that journey of of just... What does that look like, and how do you live sober? And uh, even going to get some, you know, going to some meetings with Alcoholics Anonymous, and learning some of the thinking, and reading the books, and getting in that community. And for me, um, the big kind of like moment of no turning back was was not going public with it to people who didn't know me, but going public within my family, and mm-hmm. and to my dad, who's actually um, also sober. So when I told him. Dad, I've got an issue here. Then, then I know there was no no turning back. Um, yeah. But um, you know, Eddie was a big impetus for that too. Uh, did I ever tell you the story about when I was? It was one evening, and it was his fifth birthday when I quit. That's how I keep track. Um, but he was probably four or so at the time, and I had a beer, and I had Eddie, and we were playing, and I was sitting on the couch, and he pointed to my beer, and he said to me, "That's what makes you happy." It's just a little four-year-old kid. And I'm holding this beer with my son. And I'm like, no, 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 you make me happy. Yeah. And, and to me, the fact that that's how he perceived like my relationship with alcohol mm-hmm. was like very eye-opening and yeah. a, a huge reason, like one of the other factors that enabled me to finally say, okay, I'm making this decision. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't heard that before. No? No, not not the Eddie story. That's wild. It's true. Yeah. 100% true. It was and, and you were too young to remember it. Yeah, I was going to say, it was definitely interesting just growing up in a household with no alcohol. Um, in some ways, I think it like, I don't know. It For a long time, it made me think that alcohol was like evil. Like, it was, like, this forbidden thing that, like, we don't talk about. Like, we don't – because even, like, our extended family, like, doesn't really drink. Even at, like, family gatherings and stuff, like, maybe there'd be a glass of wine wine once a year. But, like, just in general, like, our family doesn't drink a ton. And so – uh, it, it was just like interesting growing up. I think I think now that I'm older, I have like a better view on alcohol where I know like alcohol's not inherently bad. It's how you use it. It's what you use it for. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, growing up, it was just like this forbidden thing that like nobody talks about. Like we're not going to talk about it. Uh, nobody does it. it it's fine. Um, and so I think it's interesting just being older and having like more knowledge on it now, I guess. Yeah, we did talk to you about it as you were getting older and, you know, whatever, but it was just never part of life. And I remember growing up in a house where it very much was at family gatherings. Everybody always had a beer. You had your first sip of beer when you were a kid and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
But what's interesting is when you have certain friends and you realize, when you stop, stop drinking, you realize that with certain friendships, that getting together to party is really a central element to the friendship. And then with mm-hmm. others, it's more about the people and more about, like, that's less important. Um, it also makes other people uncomfortable when you kind of make that decision in your life and, and admit in a way, um, you know, I had kind of an issue with drinking. For other people who may also have that same conflict, it makes them really uncomfortable because now it puts them face to face with maybe their own, you know, perspective or decision. Yeah. But yeah, I have no regrets. Honestly, I can't imagine how my life would be right now had I not made that decision. Um, because truly, I believe like the amount of joy and success that I've had in my life um, kind of came in as a result of of that decision and being yeah. more congruent with my with my message. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you bet. Well, you know, thank you to Julia for asking the question. And this is this is the most publicly I've ever shared that story. I don't have yeah. any qualms about sharing that story. But my thought is, if it can help someone else, and particularly that idea of maybe it's not not alcohol, but it's something else. It's like no, you don't have to hit bottom in order to remove something from your life. You know, I in my speeches I talk about creating space in your pattern or creating space in your life. If you want something good to come in, you often have to take something else out of your life um, in order to accommodate that new experience. I think yeah. I think about it that way. I think it's so funny. I think we're both in like, we're a little, do you know what the term like slap happy means? Yes. I think we're both not even like slap happy, but like slap happy, slap tired. Mm, definitely. Well, and like, you know, we're just, we're in goofy, silly moods today. It's, I was up it's, late. Uh, we had a golf weekend with Brandon, cousin Brandon and Peter came in. We mm, played golf. We were up late so watching fun. baseball and it was really fun and very exciting. And then of course with this event, uh, and for me, there's always this emotional release that happens after you perform, whether it's on stage or in a studio show or something like that. Sometimes I get more tired after a studio show because you don't get the audience's energy to sort of replenish you. And yeah. so I feel a little slap happy at the moment, for sure. I tried Emphasis to go on the happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to go to bed early last night at 2. Um, and then I laid in bed for like two more hours because my body was like, no, no, the weekend's been crazy. Like you've been out till 4 every night. You got more in you. And I was like, no, we're getting on a good schedule. But my body didn't listen. And... I just laid there for a few hours, but I'm, I'm working on getting better at that. Um, yesterday, was there a lot on your mind? Were you thinking about projects or any specific things? I was thinking about scripts that I've been working on, honestly. And sometimes that'll be like a relaxing thing to me where I'll be able to fall asleep. But I think also maybe I just got too invested in it. And I was like, well, this, this, and this. Um, <laughs> and then it was two hours later. Um, but no, uh, yesterday I had a photography shoot with a friend that, um, like a friend who's who's a photographer. On the beach, um, right? Did you guys make it up to Malibu? No, because he got, got dark. the time wrong for what time the sun sets. Yeah. So we didn't take any pictures. So we're rescheduling and we're going to go up to Malibu for it. But I realized I hate having my picture taken. What? Like, since when? 
It depends. Okay. Like if it's you or mom or like, like Rachel or Aiden taking my picture, it's a little different. Like if it's Annie or someone who I'm like really close with, but I like photographers taking my picture stresses me out. Like, I don't know what to do. I've seen like four seasons of America's Next Top Model, but I still like, I don't have a clue. And so I literally, I have another shoot this week with a photographer too. And I'm trying to get over this, but I realized like how much I actually hate it and like fear it. Like yesterday I was, I was feeling nervous about it all day leading up to it. And it's literally one of my close friends who's the photographer. Mm-hmm. I was like, why is this a thing? So I'm working on it. Maybe um, it's because, you know, because you don't have the same fear about being in front of a camera if you're acting. And so maybe you feel like there's a security about being in a, invested in a character. So that's, yeah. and you feel more vulnerable when it's just a photograph of you. So well, that, maybe yeah. one way to approach it could be to like put a character into your photography sessions. That's, that's true. I've always said. It'll still look like you. No, yeah, even it's easier you're... to be a character than be yourself. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, working on that. We'll hey, see speaking you. of being yourself, there's a couple <laughs> questions here I'm going to bring in because I think that's a really good segue. Oh my god! you know how I feel about my segues. I do. Okay, I there's do. two questions that are very similar. So check this out, Maggie. How do you learn to be happy by yourself? I feel like I don't know who I am anymore and I don't know what I enjoy anymore. Kristen. But then also we got a question from Tia or T, T-E-A. Hello, Maggie and Dan. Recently, I haven't felt like myself. I almost feel like I'm acting with everything I do. Have you ever experienced something like this? And do you know what it is? So feeling like yourself, being yourself, acting, playing a part, who am I really? I mean, it's like kind of the central question of identity. And um, I know that, you know, for you and me both, as we become more public with our, like who we are with the podcast on TikToks and whatnot, it's like Mm -hmm. how much of your personal self are you willing to reveal and give away? And do you really even know what that is and who that is? How well do you feel like you know yourself, you know? I think it really does like boil down to who are you by yourself? Like when nobody is around you, who like when nobody's looking, you know what I mean? I feel like yes. that's how you get to know yourself. Cause I, I'm good at being a chameleon. Like I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good at fitting into situations. Um, like I know how to adapt to make people comfortable like if that makes sense. But that yeah. that can get dangerous and that can get exhausting because you can forget who you are. And I actually had oh, a friend sure. give me some like good advice the other day where it was like if you if you do change yourself for like every group of people you're in, you're going to lose yourself and like you just got to be you and find the people who like who enjoy that, who like that's that's what they want too. Wow, that's really good advice because yeah, that's the danger. You you actually give up your own identity, um, and when you think about it over the course of your life, the experience of trying things and being things and growing, like you give that away because you're always at the, uh, you know, the whims of those around you or you're trying to be something they want you to be. So my answer t- to those questions would probably be um, 
you know, this is a huge opportunity because if you don't feel like yourself, what that means is you don't have a clear picture of, of your, own, your own identity and who you want to be, which means yeah. you get to decide that. You get to say, well, who am I and what do I want to be known for? And realize you're not a, a product of your environment. You are one of a kind. You're unique. You're original. And maybe ask yourself at the end of your life, like if you imagine this journey, what do you want people to think about the life you've lived? Um, mm -hmm. And just the other thing about like discovering yourself or discovering who you want to be comes from just trying things. You don't really figure out who you are by staying home and staying inside your room and just getting into a yeah. smaller, smaller world. I mean, some of that reflection's good. Like we've, we've talked about journaling before and, and doing that like inner examination. But when you go out and you try stuff, like I see you do this all the time. You, um, you know, pick up a new sport. You pick up a new <laughs> skateboard. Um, you mentioned to me you're ordering some other uh, roller skates. Yeah. Roller skates, right? So you're gonna you're gonna say, all right, I'm gonna see how this works, see how this feels. Um, I loved that period of my life where I felt like I was wide open to try a lot of things, and I still can get back into that mode. But it's difficult for me to like start over from the very beginning again because I feel like time's precious, right? So I, I feel like I want to do things that I truly love and am good at right now. Yeah. No, that's great. But but I would say um, don't put too much pressure on yourself to feel like like you have to know your identity because you don't. Um, my guess is you're still very young and you have a long time to experience and grow and who you are at whatever age you're at now, like Maggie, for example. Who Maggie is at 19 will be very different in many ways than who she is at 29 or, you know, I whatever. Will say, I will say, though, I think having a core identity is really important. Like knowing your morals, knowing what you care about, knowing where your heart is, I think is going to make you just a lot more secure in life. You don't have to have your, like, whole life figured out and like know who you're going to be for your entire life because it's going to change like I think that's what you're saying is like like you don't have to like you're going to change but I think still knowing like what you stand for and like that mm -hmm. aspect of your identity is so important and no, like I you agree. can you can figure that out like by spending time with yourself and just like realizing like what you're passionate about and stuff like that yeah, and so much of your life you can't control so to control the things that you can control like you're your values, your principles, your integrity, your choices. Um, you can take a lot of pride in that, in those moments where you don't have to make a big deal out of it or, or make other people feel wrong or less than. But when you make a choice to say, look, that's not me. Like, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm going to make this other decision because it feels better to my heart. It feels yeah. better to my life. Then there's a great rush of like validation you're going to get in moments like those because you've just claimed a part of your identity. So I'd say pay attention to those those decision points where you get to choose like this or that and then realize when you choose the right thing, you've just taken ownership of it. Yeah. Can Pretty I tell cool. you a really good quote I heard recently? It doesn't like directly relate with this, but I really liked this quote. Um, oh, crap. Can I remember it word for word? Oh, it was like, the smaller your world, the bigger your opinions. The bigger your world, the smaller your opinions. Oh, that I thought is, that was so good, right? That is great. 
Yeah, that is such a good quote. It yeah. reminds me of something my, my friend Paul Shemp, um, he's an expert in expertise, if, that's, if that makes any sense. He coaches coaches and helps people really figure out how to get better at different sports. He's worked with athletes and all kinds of things. So, um, but he does this thing where he uh, surveys people and asks them how much of your sport, like if you had to rate yourself in your level of expertise, from a scale of one to 10, how good do you think you are? And invariably, the, the people who are you know, just mediocre give themselves higher scores mm. than the experts. The people who are yeah. experts understand there's so much more I could learn about this. And yeah. I'll never be done learning and growing. And so they, they, they see the full spectrum in the top end. It's also like traveling. I mean, that, that yeah. your quote also made me think of that, like how, how much humility you get from visiting other places. Yeah, when like you're, the culture you were raised in isn't the only culture you know anymore. I think that that was a huge thing growing up. It was just like, I don't know, just as you get older, as you meet more people who are so different than you, like I, I really do feel like my opinions are so small now because I just see like, every side of everything you know what I mean it's like you when you realize how big the world is you realize how little you actually know you're like oh mm-hmm. yeah maybe yeah maybe you realize everything's not about you and I think that's a really cool thing of growing up yeah yeah the, the way I put it um was take your life seriously but take yourself unseriously yeah like and that kind of puts the two ideas together from the beginning it's like recognize you get one chance to live your life, so live it by principle and integrity, and even the small things really do mean a lot. You just have to know, like, you're here on this planet for a reason, and yeah, your absolutely. contributions make a make a dent, like like they make mm-hmm. a ripple. Um, but by the same token, it's not about you. It's not yeah. really. Uh, it's never about you. And so when you can, you know, keep your opinions small and keep yourself in a manageable place maybe a lack of identity isn't the right isn't the right thing but a properly uh, apportioned sense of self um, could be really useful what's the mom would probably know this the mother Teresa quote do you know what one i'm thinking about mom oh yeah yeah she she sure does i know what it is what is it uh we can't all do great things but we can all do small things with great love yeah 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 that's great. I love how this, now we're just like bringing up every quote that we're like, this is so good. <laughs> but no, when a quote really hits you, whoo. Well, when powerful. it's the kind of thing you put that in your pocket and you're like, I can use this. Like, yeah. That's kind of like the, the type of speaker I want to be. Like for somebody in the audience, I can say something that they're like, okay, I can use that in my life in some way. And they may not remember everything, but they might remember that little quote. Do you know my favorite quote of yours? No. Um, the if you limit yourself to what's comfortable, you deny yourself what's possible. That's I a good think one. that's money. That's so good. <laughs> Thank you, Maggie. That's very sweet of you. Isn't we it actually nice when your kids have... tell you they like they like something you do? <laughs> yeah. It's also on a t shirt. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Would you, you can buy it. I was gonna do the promo for you, but you got it. Uh, oh no. man. It's no, quite all right. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. All right. Well, I think I feel like every week I tell you to get some sleep. I feel like I got good sleep last night, even though I, I like I laid there for a long time. 
<laughs> I went through the motions of sleep for a long time. Um, you get some sleep. You're tired too. I'm going to. I'm going to go Good. play some disc golf and go take the dogs to the park and then go get some sleep. I'm going to go to Phil's Coffee with a friend, do some homework, and then I don't know what the night holds. But <laughs> sleep at, at some, some point. point. At yes. some point. There's definitely right. sleep in the equation. Yes. All right. Well, I love you, girl, and uh, have a great week, and I'll, we'll see you real soon. I and love you so for much. all of you out there, hey, you're amazing. You're incredible. We love you too, and we want you to be a part of this podcast going forward. Invite your friends to be a part of it also. Go to wholesomechaos.com to ask any questions and to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Yes, we also have a website, www.wholesomechaos.com. You can go out there and ask us questions. Um, and also follow us on our other socials, Maggie Thurman and Dan Thurman, Maggie's Dad123 on TikTok. Um, yep. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the podcast. <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? Did I do it wrong? Did I mess up? No, it, it was good. You just, you did, you kind of repeated me a little bit, but that's all right. Oh, about the website. Out. I realized it as I was saying it. It's okay. We Maybe don't have two websites. Notice. It's still the same website. Maybe they won't notice. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Pretend you guys didn't notice. All right. Um, we'll see you guys next week and we'll do the outro better next week. Okay. Take care, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Max and Dads, wholesome chaos. Max and Dads. so zoned out do you want me to sing you a lullaby do you want to take a nap right now mm-hmm. what's a lullaby um uh, uh i can't think of a lullaby what are lullabies good night moon <laughs> that's a book that's close enough in the great green room there was a telephone and a red balloon and a picture of a cow jumping over the moon. The moon. <laughs> Good night, moon. Good night, Good night, moon. room. Good night, dad. <laughs> Good night, Maggie. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.